0: Hey guys, what's up? Uh, Matt and Pat here, and we have another episode. Today we're going to be going over misleading metrics within business, within sales, that are going to get you unstuck if you don't understand how to unravel that. So uh, if you're someone who wants to make more money, likes money, or just generally is interested in good quality information, make sure you stick around all the way through to the end, and we will drop some knowledge. As best we can. I mean, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. So something
1: funny happened a little while ago on Instagram, and uh, it made me think about misleading metrics. Um, so <laughs> we I don't know, did we talk about it here on a podcast one time? Uh, like David Goggins. There's no way to know. Me and Boosh have this kind of Boosh who edits this, right? Uh, have this kind of running joke about David Goggins. Uh, I have no, I don't feel about David Goggins one way or another. I don't believe you. But we had, <laughs> but we had a conversation one day uh, about the personalities within special forces units. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I are in a unique position to talk on those. Maybe me even more so because I spent two years at what was at the time called the special forces training center yep. selecting <clears throat> and training guys to go through. And they're like ultra tough, um, like obsessed with the hardship personality, the fitness super, the super fitness pack is not a
0: good place to be. Yeah.
1: Those guys get through selection and the reason that they get through is because they're it's not difficult. It's not hard for them. The whole point of people getting crazy fit for special forces selection is they're trying to break you physically so that they can see what you're like mentally. Yeah. And if you, every now and again, you get these guys who are quite suitable for the job physically. as it is put together selection wise, yeah. but they enjoy the hardship. The hardship is the mission for them rather than the mission itself. And yep. they'll choose the hardship over completion of the mission. Yeah. And the reality of special forces is that very often the hardship is boredom. The hardship is doing nothing, not yeah. doing the crazy activity. Every now and again you're gonna have to run twenty kilometers carrying seventy kilos worth of gear. That's gonna happen every now and again. So yeah. you have to be capable of that. But when you've done that, you're then gonna sit there for ten days <laughs> with yeah, yeah. that seventy kilos of gear. Or
0: even just like it might just be driving for yeah. long periods of time. Are you just doing like nothing. Yeah. Trying to stay awake on an A T V.
1: So I just kind of had that conversation with Boosh one day. And I was like, because uh, he had a David Goggins quote on his, um, stay on his Instagram.
0: <laughs> Isn't that his thing? Stay hard. Get hard, stay hard. <laughs> stay, one of those. Get hard.
1: So as I say, there's I have no issue with David Goggins. I, all the power to him. Good luck. But I just had that conversation with Boosh. So one day, recently, the ad for David Goggins comes up in my feed, right? It, he's doing an event in Sydney. He's doing an event in Sydney. Now, I reckon I was targeted because I followed Joe Rogan. Being a podcast bro, like we are. Of course, you follow Joe Brogan. I mean, he's the guy. It'd
0: be rude considering how closely he follows this podcast.
1: So that ad comes up, and I commented on the ad, "Hey Booge, we should go," right? <laughs> As kind of a joke, right? Welcome
0: to the algorithm.
1: So now I start getting smashed with David Goggins ads, like yeah. they are doubling down on me. And then Booge writes back again in the joke of like, haha, yeah, let's do it. We can try and get him on the on the show on this show, right now." Anybody, uh, the the algorithm is going to look at that and yeah. go, for sure, this dude's 100% interested. And even if you ran the, um, like the bullshit test over it and got a real human being to read the comments Maybe and decide who's getting it, all I said was, hey, booge, we should go. So now me and him, he might still go, who knows, are <laughs> right? uh, in the targeting. And that for me, I, init- I I sort of identified straight away, I was like, that's a misleading metric. and And that indicates that someone is super interested in going to something that they're not. Now, that's one person on a whole big event. I'm sure it has no real impact, right? But I just thought that it was worth opening the door and the conversation about misleading metrics, not just in marketing like they're doing, but in sales and business in general. Over to you, expert in those things.
0: I think one of the hardest things about business, especially in the online realm, is the effective attribution of data. Mm -hmm. It's been a bugbear I've, I haven't met a business owner yet where they're not looking for better data, you know? There are some great softwares around, like uh, Hyros is a great one, run by a guy called Alex Becker. Okay. Um, which is like a, a lead attribution software, so you kind of link it up to all your systems, your payment gateway, your your schedule once, your Facebook ads, everything. And then it kind of tracks so you can go, oh, that person started there, went there, went there, went there. But right. Okay. Right. And that's like how we have it. We have an SLO funnel at seventh level, and we attribute, like, because we have a special, uh, an individual running that. And so, like, they get a percentage of whatever comes in, and that's all attributed through Hiros, right? That's the only way we could do it, unless you manually do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are good mechanisms out there, but it's also like there's lots of oddities, you know? Like, how do you account for someone going here and then coming here and then coming here? Like, what if they listen to the podcast mm-hmm. and that's how they get interested and they just by happenstance. Happened to see that ad and mm-hmm. then buy it. Did they really buy because of that? Or did they buy because of the 17 podcasts they watched? Yeah.
1: And that ad just was the first button they saw to click. That exactly. Took them down the funnel.
0: So, like, there's so many things like that that you have to try and reconcile, I think, which is really difficult, especially in the online realm. Actually, to be honest, it's probably especially easy in the online realm. I remember I was going down the road of uh, looking at uh, radio advertisers. And it was like, yeah, yeah, minimum ad spend, 40000 a month. Mm. And I was like, okay. And they were like, and then I was like, how do I tell? And they go, well, you have to set up a new phone line for every locality. And I was like, and how many localities are you going to do? They go, about 25. And I was like, you need me to set up 25 phone lines and then have someone manning them all day because the call to action is call this number. I was like, oh. I was like, that sounds like a lot of work, guys. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I set, like, I need an infrastructure that I just don't have for that. Yeah. Like, so, like, attributing that data. I would say, like, it sort of first came to me, the first most misleading metric was close rate. Okay. And that's kind of where I was like, mm. Actually, it's that offers made bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That was the most misleading metric. So, I think we were talking about, I don't know, was it on the podcast? That was last week, yep. yeah. Yeah. That offers made and all that kind of crap. So that was a really misleading metric because what it did is it, is it put in an emotional layer over something that's not emotional. So then now, all of a sudden, you're kind of taking the data and then you're kind of misrepresenting it in a way that makes the person feel better. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you're making business decisions mm-hmm. based on data that isn't true. It's just whatever makes that person feel good. Because I don't know many people who would like self-report a bad close rate if they had the option. Yeah,
1: Well, I think close rates, an interesting one that we certainly have touched on heaps of times in that that's, it's an interesting number, but probably not something that you really consider that useful. There's so much more to take into how that close rate
0: got to be what it is rather than letting it stand alone as an interesting metric. I would say, like, there's a, when I when I have I have a look at like, say, the businesses that I've got, like, there's a lot of things that can throw you off, mm-hmm. and so I'd say the first thing is like, how is your accounting set up? Are you set up on an accruals or on a cash? Right, that's a big differentiator for a lot of businesses. I remember I was. Having what does a, that mean? What are those? So accruals is like uh, you look at revenue. So let's say you you sign a contract for one hundred and fifty thousand that person's going to pay you in five lots of whatever, Mm -hmm. right? 25 or whatever it may be. Um, Then from there, like you would attribute, if you're doing accruals, that would be $150,000 worth of revenue. Okay. Right? But then from there, you would then, the cash would come in. And so what you do is you have, you have a liability come into the business for $150,000. And then you have the asset come in, which is like the revenue, Mm -hmm. right? So, and then what has to happen is that, like the cash comes in as well. And then as that cash comes in next month, the liability goes down. Okay. And then from there, that money that's called like, that's actual earned money then goes into owner's equity. Okay. Right. In your balance sheet. So that's kind of how that works. Um, Which like a lot of people don't understand, especially in the space that I work in, because like I was having a a chat with a guy a a while ago. They're like, oh man, like ever since we, this is a really misleading metric, which like could sink the business. Um, and I've seen the guy wearing a lot of things you probably shouldn't be wearing, and I, I think, <laughs> 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 okay. right? Um, you know, each to like each to their own. Um, driving things they shouldn't be driving, but they've gone. Oh man! Ever since we got this new finance company, our profit skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. And I said, No, it hasn't. They go, No, it has. I said, No, it hasn't. I go, Did you massively increase your pricing? Like, no. If anything, we make less on the because like the finance take takes a cut. And then I go, Then how's your profit increased? Oh, because we're taking in so much more cash. I was like, yeah, but, like, you still have the associated expenses. Mm -hmm. You're just taking the cash in all at once. You still have to attribute that, you know? And even if you have cash basis accounting, which is just that, the cash comes in, the cash comes out, like, yes, you'll show a higher profit, but, like, then you just, you have to keep that. Like, So, like, that's a super misleading metric because that person genuinely thinks that through collecting more money up front that their profit is increased, Mm -hmm. which is impossible, yeah. Because your associated costings have not changed. If anything, your profit's gone down because now you're giving a chunk to the finance company. But because so much more cash is coming in on the front end, their it front end, like their money. return of ad spend is much higher. Mm. But it's because they're not attributing that over over the six months, because it's a six-month program.
1: That seems like a pretty obvious thing to me.
0: It, <laughs> <laughs> I agree, sir. But like, that's just not... Like, people aren't taught that. And so people are taught... Like, they go to business coaches. Like, mm-hmm. when I wanted to learn finance, I didn't go to a business coach. I signed up to Harvard's online business school, and I did the finance and accounting 101 course. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this has provided me with a good amount of information. Mm-hmm. So then I understood that, and I was like, well, sweet. I have a pretty good idea. I just get to speak to my accountant. I got, I, I like, I used the course and went through our own books so I could have a better understanding. I was like, okay, now I have a good enough understanding of this to be able to talk to an accountant on a decent level. Okay. Not like, I don't need to have CPA-level knowledge. Yeah, but yeah working knowledge is important, but people go to business coaches and they just get taught sales and marketing bullshit. Yeah. You know? So it's like, they think that's running a business, which mm-hmm. is a real problem.
1: Um, we've, we've talked about that. we have got so many episodes on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is that profit first accounting? Cause I, I, I remember we did a it's whole a, video you a saying that people should do it. Yeah. And then one of the comments on it was like, Oh, but you're not doing it right. And then I, I was like, hang on. I, I, and you were like, no, you don't understand it. You didn't watch the video. So yeah. explain
0: to us what. So is that. So Profit First is a methodology by a guy called, I think it's like Michael K something or other. I'm sure we'll link it somewhere. There's a book. You should definitely buy it, right? I'm, I'm sure we can set up an Amazon affiliate link to make money off that somehow. But it's it's really worthwhile. Now, is it perfect? No, it's not. But it's a accounting methodology that a business owner can use. Yep. Right? And that like a controller can use and you can have in a business that like will just ensure that you just don't fuck it up. Okay. So like what it is, is you have revenue. It, it can get more complicated depending on the business, right? But the basic structure is you have a revenue account. So all of your money that's incoming goes to one place, right? So you've got one collection point. Then you have a profit account. So profit first is the first distribution is profit. Okay. Then you have a tax account and then you have like an owner's pay account. But like that can kind of go away depending how big you are or how you pay yourself. And then you have an operating expense account. So what you do is it basically tells you they went through like hundreds of thousands of businesses and they looked at all different revenue uh, points like zero to 500K, 500 to 2 million, 2 million to 5 million, you know, all the way up to like $50 million, right? A year turnover. And they were like, these are where your allocation should be. And it's like, you know, at $50 million a year, probably 65% of your revenue is going direct to operating expenses, Mm -hmm. like direct, right? But at like... 500K, it's probably more like 35%. Right. So, what you do is you figure out what distribution you have. And obviously, every business model is different, but it's a decent place to start from. Like, you have a starting point and you can just adjust from there. Is like, okay, how much profit? Like, if I'm going to be conservative, let's just say it's 10% profit. So, sweet. $1,000 comes into the business. The first thing I do when it comes in on my weekly distribution is I go, boom, 100 bucks. I've got that 100 bucks away. I'm now accountable to putting away $100 profit, mm-hmm. right? And then I have my tax. Let's say my tax is overall, it's like 18% or whatever. So you're like, boom, 180 bucks goes into tax. And then you've got, okay, sweet, you've got owner's pay. Owner's pay cover is whatever percentage you've decided, then you get got operating expenses. But you need to make sure you have enough in your operating expenses. So your owner's pay is going to be mm, okay. you know, dictated. That's the variable. A, a little bit by that, right? Because depending on business model... And so like, it gives you an opportunity to sort of look at your business and go, okay, sweet. So I have, we had a series of terrible bookkeepers and terrible accountants, like really bad. And they gave me so many misleading metrics and so many like things that just didn't seem right. And I couldn't put my finger on it. Like, I remember I had a look at our balance sheet and our foreign exchange, our foreign exchange losses and gains was astronomical. And I was like, how is this possible? Like, this is, these are crazy numbers. Like, that you can't lose that much on foreign exchange. Like there's just no way we don't have money to lose hundreds of thousands of dollars in foreign exchange. It's it's impossible. And so like I started looking at things and I was like, I don't understand anything that's going on here. And sure enough, it was all bullshit, all incorrect. Like these guys were so stupid. They even misallocated their own fees. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The accountancy practice X accountancy practice. Right. And it said like, uh, it said unknown. (laughs) It's like, that's your business, bro. Like, that's retarded. So, like, it, it put me in a position where I had zero knowledge of how the business was actually running. Mm. However, I used profit first, and I was I was the one controlling all the banks at that time. So I would just go bang, 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 bang. So although the books were wildly inaccurate, the business maintained cash profitability. Okay. Right? And, like... It maintained all the bills. It maintained all the tax. I got told I was oversaving for tax like crazy, and I was like, mm, I think you're wrong. And so, sure enough, I had undersaved a little bit. Wow. Okay. Right. We'd oversaved in some parts, like we'd end up overpaying a shitload of GST, but I've already paid that. Overpaid $700,000 in GST. We haven't got that back yet because we have to fix all their mistakes first, which has taken like a year and a half to do. Because otherwise we go, hey, we've overpaid 700 grand. They're just going to audit us. So if we're not in a position to be able to be audited, we can't do it. Mm -hmm. Right? So like it's very complex, but it just goes to show like without some sort of methodology where I can just sit down and I can go, okay, this is how the business should be running. I know this business well enough to go, I know what should be going in what bucket. Then I can just kind of run my rock show and those guys can shit the bed, but I've got the cash. Yeah, And the cash is what, cash flow kills small business. That's what kills a small business usually is cash flow. Yeah, um, But yeah, so kind of going back to that, like your your accounting system should tell you a lot about the business. Like what's my gross profit versus my net profit? A lot of businesses just look at net profit, but the real indicator of what's happening is gross profit. So like net profit is not an indicator to me that tells me anything about the business because the net profit is a series of choices that's being made by the business owner. Like I've chosen to have a heavily infrastructured business. I've chosen that. Is that a reflection of the efficacy of the business model? Not really, but we pay, I think, good salaries. Probably too good, to be perfectly honest. Um, in in like a lot of cases, um, that's caused us to have a really heavy bill. Mm-hmm. Really heavy, like eight hundred thousand dollars a month is our fixed, you know, or with, with comms, right? So, so if we don't make a million, like we're in a bad spot for this particular side of the business. But the gross profits there. You know, so the business modeling has been done correctly. It's just that we're sort of at a point right now where, like, we're infrastructured for a much larger revenue than what we have. Yeah. You have to do that at some point.
1: Okay. So, at the, you know, as a misleading metric, someone from the outside looking in at the business just might say, Oh, be it's not profitable. It's like, yeah. well, it is.
0: It's as profitable as I choose it to be right now. Okay. All right. Because I can, I can easily fire 30 people, save a bunch of money. Yeah. Right. It would reduce capability to some degree, but not to the extent that. People probably think it would. Yeah. Right. So I could drastically reduce expenses, show increased profitability, and then from there, like, but I can't grow. Yeah. You know. So
1: capped. That is what it is.
0: That is what it is. Right. Like I'm, I'm redlining the business. So like, then I'm in a spot like, so it's just like it's not that black and white. You know, people look at different things. So like, I remember like I, I, we were looking at buying a company a while ago, and they sent me their P&Ls. And their PL showed pretty good profit, right? And I was like, oh, this isn't bad until I had a look at what was going on on the inside and what they were counting as revenue, right? And what they weren't counting as expenses and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, the devil is in the detail. Mm-hmm. So if you, if someone who doesn't really look into things very deeply goes, oh, sweet, this business is making like 500K a year profit. This is a pretty good little, you know, 500K a year profit. It's not bad. Yeah. There's some people we can get rid of. We can probably bump it up to 800 it's a nice little thing, we get it for the right price. It's a that's a good purchase. You know, and then you have a look and it's like, oh, they're counting grants as income. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ah, right. oh, they're not counting this, they're not counting this. Let me have a look at the contracts. How many of those people are actually on contract? Mm-hmm. How long do those contracts go? Let me read the contracts. Oh shit. If those people leave, they only have to pay out fifty percent. So I can't I can't count for that revenue moving forward. I can't count for this moving forward, this moving forward. So it's like you can structure P and L's in ways that make the business look like whatever you want. Yeah. You know, so it's really, really misleading unless you start diving into details and stuff like that. So, and I think like everything's kind of the same. Like I can structure a sales process to really reflect that, like my sales team is doing a fantastic job,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or I can make the most amount of sales.
1: Yeah, I think that's the trick, right? So, like within all of these misleading metrics, it's like that old saying. um, You know, what is it like? you can use statistics to trick 60% of people. 80% mm-hmm. of people know that. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: but 94% of all made up statistics are in the 80s or something. Like that. You know what yeah. I mean? You just, you just bullshit. Like. So
1: you can make up and you can massage the numbers to make things look however you want. Exactly. And I think, but do you think, how often do you encounter people doing that to themselves by accident? Like
0: All the time. Yeah. So like, they're
1: not, they're not trying to bullshit anyone. No. They're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. No. They just think they're making way more money than they are because they're accounting for things in the wrong way or they're not, yeah. Yeah. Seeing
0: a cost that's coming or whatever. Or they're seeing performance that just isn't there. Expand on that. You know, so like if if you have a look and you know, if you don't look into data, because again, like um it can be presented in many different ways. So if you have like a sales team that's performing quite admirably in terms of like a revenue generated and cash collection, all that kind of stuff, like then the tendency would be to just kind of leave that sleeping dog live because the money's coming in. The return of ad spend is good. Like recently, one of our sales teams, like a lot of sales going through, you know, a lot of sales, high cash collection, good return of ad spend. But then when you look into it, you're like, oh, this is this is not anywhere near as good as what I thought it was. How come? What? It's what? Just, un- there's lots of little things that are being done incorrectly that are having compounding effects. Okay, you know, because like it, it's like when it's like if you, something goes wrong here. The ripple effect all the way down is enormous, mm. and so a lot of the times, like when people are looking at data, they're they're fixing it this way. It's like if you unkink a hose, don't start at the end; start near the faucet. Mm-hmm. You just got, you got to unkick that, and then the rest of it will just fucking flail itself out, right? Because of the water pressure. So, like people look at the data and they go, "I'll give you a perfect example." At one of our businesses um, the other day, they're like, "The show up rates have gone really bad." Okay, and I was like, "Okay." Show up rates are bad. What are you doing? They go, We've added in all these processes. I was like, Sweet. So show up rates are bad. And I was like, What else is bad? They go, Pick up rates terrible from all the outbound calls. And I go, What is it? It's like four or 5%. I was like, Okay. What is a good pick up rate? 10, 15. Okay. You know. And I was like, Okay. So did this change suddenly or has this been the way for a while? They go, It's changed kind of suddenly. I go, Okay, cool. And you guys have just added a bunch of process to fix it. They're like, yes. I was like, okay, undo everything you have did. Undo it all. And they are like, oh, what do you mean? Like, Because they put in a lot of work and all the time and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to ask a few simple questions. Has there been a change in sales team recently? They go, yes, we let go of one guy here to put him on a different account. I was like, okay, perfect. Where was that person in the world? They go, they were in Europe, so they were handling southern sort of stuff like that, hemisphere stuff. I was like, okay, cool. So where have you got leads now? Like, where's the sales guy now? They're like, in the States. You still running leads all over the world? Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. You think the pickup's low because it's just one it's American the middle of the night it, <laughs> calling people in the middle of the night on a fucking foreign number? Yeah. You think that's affecting it? They're like, hey, yes. And I was like, and do you think the fact that like now we have less international times available, but we still have people booking in during those times is probably increasing the no-show rate? Yeah. And like, yep. And I was like, sweet, man. So to undo everything you did and just have them focus on the American leads. Yep. Yeah. Don't change anything. It wasn't broken. Mm-hmm. There was a variable that you didn't consider. Yeah, which is the world, and it's a variable not many people consider. Time zones. Time zones. Mm. Time zones are a real thing. Even like even really good guys like they placed two UK guys on two American accounts, so they had two American accounts each. <clears throat> and I saw it and I was like, you can't do that. They go, why not? They're great, great sales guys. And I go, yeah, no, they're great sales guys. Like, but they can't do two American accounts. How are they supposed to do that? They're in the states. They're in, sorry. They're in the UK. They can only work from four to like they can only work sort of like their hours only. Allow they're going to catch half the day. They're only going to get half the day. Yeah. So I was like, you can't have them in two American accounts. It's not going to work. They were like, oh yeah. And I was like, you can't do that, man. Like, mm-hmm. You got to look at time zones. Like time zones are a real thing, especially when you're like a big international company. Yeah. And it's like I see that all the time. People not taking in those little things into account. And it's like what they're trying to do is they're trying to like fix. They're seeing data. And they're going like, I must fix that data. No show. I know what to do. And there's a no show. I add things, and because of the transmission breaks on my car, I add bigger rims. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, instead of going like, okay, well, let's like, it's just very misleading because it's like, okay, like the, everyone's instinct would be, how do we fix it? It's like, well, maybe it's not broken, man. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's good. But, like, there's just a circumstance that has made it not be effective. So, let's have a look at the entirety of the circumstances and then make our lives easy by not doing stuff. Yeah. Like, whereas I think people's defaults, and I think, like, that's probably some people just wanting to do stuff. It's like, let's just fucking build shit. You know what I mean? Let's fix things. Um, so, it, it, it's a very, I guess, misleading metric. Like, when people aren't seeing the whole picture.
1: Okay. So, next question on misleading metrics. <laughs> what's the best bullshit you've seen in misleading metrics? So we've talked about like people who didn't realize and were tricking themselves by accident. Yeah. But when you've been looking through someone's business, like you've looked through a ton, you get people, you know, any, before anyone even wants to be a client, you've got to have a good look through to make sure they're legit, yeah. whatever. What's the, the best bullshit you've seen? Like how close did someone get to pulling the wool over
0: your eyes? Oh, I had it pulled over my eyes. Yeah. Uh, a while ago with a marketer. Yeah. Tell yeah, me about he it. He got me real good we real good. And listen, like, I'm sure it's not malicious, but I think he just believes things that aren't true, mm-hmm. you know? And so the big thing was, like, because he was, like, the offers that he was doing, I was like, those are really volatile offers, man. Like, those get shut down all the time. Like, just Facebook shuts them down. Not to do with their efficacy, but there are certain offers that just Facebook doesn't want to advertise on their platform. Mm-hmm. Crypto offers doesn't want to advertise, so you can only really do YouTube and Google, right? Um so, and then, like, a lot of, like, done-for-you, like, large, like, e-com stuff, um, a lot of it just gets denied, mm. right? op stuff, they just try and deny it. They just don't want it advertised on their platform. So he's like, no, 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 we give all of our clients six verified business managers on Facebook. And I was like, fucking hell. And I was like, can you even do that? I was like, I don't think that's allowed, right? And they're like, no, 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 this is how you do it. and this, this. And I was like, hey, I'm not a marketer. Like, fuck, man. Like, what do I know? I was like, well, sweet. That's a lot of redundancy. Great. Fucking sounds good. Right? And then what I realized was happening is that, like, the reason why they had everyone had six verified is because they were just fucking doing all dodgy marketing practices. Right. Right? And, like, getting all the accounts shut down. And then I went to my, like, after a while, I went to my mate who is a marketer, and he was like, oh, you can't. You can't work with that guy, man. Like, if they're telling you that, it's because they're, like,
1: they're probably black hat marketing. Well, what does that mean? So t- explain to me what, a, like, by having six verified marketers, what well, does that even mean? Six verified so business managers. Business managers. What, so does that, what well, is that? Well, basically
0: what they end up doing, I'm pretty sure, is they, like, go to random people on beaches and they're like, hey, we'll give you a thousand bucks if you let us run ads from your account. Right. Right? But they're not linked to anyone. Because, like, if you get banned on Facebook, your wife gets banned. Right. Like, she can't run ads. Okay. Anyone from your IP address can't run ads. Anyone using your credit card can't run ads. If they use your face with a different name, different credit card, if they use your face, it'll facially recognize you as the person who's advertising. Mm-hmm. Poof, banned. Okay. I watched this guy get like three people's businesses totally banned from Facebook. Right. Right? Now, he brought me onto those accounts, so like I, like I didn't do anything. But I was like, I felt really fucking sorry for him because like literally these people had pretty decent sized businesses and like the marketing tactics that he was employing was just fucking destroying their business. So you think maybe
1: he was buying a, a Facebook account off of somebody, yeah. a, a long established personal account and then having that linked to the business profile and the ads through that account, yeah, right? And then they, those people probably sold that account to him, yeah. Is there a verification in that? I don't know anything about you Facebook. Get ver- ads. I don't.
0: I don't. Know. You get I'm like you get a verified business manager. I think is like it's been doing business. Okay. And then like it's like yes, that is a business. It's a real business. So it's not like the you... advertising account attached to it is legit.
1: Okay, so it's not like there's a, a like identity verification where it's like I am really this person. No,
0: so I'm having to do that at the moment. I'm having to get our account verified. Right. Because like we're starting to spend lots more money. So they're starting to go like, oh, hey, man, like if you want to spend even more money, like we have to verify who you are, what you do, all that kind of stuff. So I have to go through that this week. Right. I've just submitted a bunch of documentation and my identity and stuff like that. So they're getting those people to do that. Yeah. You know, so it's a totally non-cool practice. Yeah. And the moment I kind of figured out, I just went like, ah, I'm out. Like that. But it caused some fucking chaos in in this business Mm. because we onboarded like seven accounts really quickly and all of them shit to bed. I lost like four sales reps from it. Right. It was a real mistake on my part. Like, it's the biggest mistake I've made to date. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. It was a really poor. It was, I was, it was in a time where I panicked because two of our largest accounts quit on the same day. Okay. One of them ended up not quitting. The second one probably ended up being for the best. Right. But, um, and it wasn't because of performance. It was really frustrating. Is because they just decided to go another way, mm-hmm. even though we were killing the game, making a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. So when four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month decides to give you thirty days notice, that's a <laughs> that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. So I literally, I fucking, I I did what all those people do, and I went. I have to fix stuff mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> <laughs> And so I went on a fucking tear. Yeah. And I just sold everyone that I'd heard of into something. Yeah. And seven of those things were done for you accounts, and like we can't onboard seven accounts at once. Yeah. And we put reps, and there's nothing, and it's just a fucking shit show. Yeah. Like fully blown. Me, Cooper, probably set the business back two or three months. Yeah. Right. Um. You know, but you live and you learn. We yeah. I made mean, that's forward. reality, right? That's <laughs> like, fuck it. not perfect. Yeah. the imagination, But that was a big one because like what I was being told, I guess I wanted to believe it was true. Mm-hmm. And I think like when you're presented with information that is in a positive light and things are going okay or fairly well, then you just kind of your default is to want to believe it's true. Mm. So you just go, okay, sweet. And so it's not until recently that like, because I've become very removed from certain aspects of the business that I don't believe any of the data that I'm being sent. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I question everything that I'm being sent. Like, the other day we got sent, um, hey, DM report from 7th Level, fucking great news. These guys are doing this. You know what I mean? then they have a 6% no-show rate and this, this, and this. And I was like, hang on a second. I got 6% no-show. They go, yeah. I go, so if I extrapolate that, that's a 94% show up rate from DMs to sales call. They're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. And then they go, no, no, that is correct. I go, no, it's not. They go, no, 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 we've checked it. No, you haven't. <laughs> like, and then sure enough, uh, they go and t- for two days, they go, no, we've looked into this, it's correct. I go, no, it's not. That's not correct. I've been in sales long enough. There's no fucking way that's correct. I would love it to be correct, but it's definitely not. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they figured out it wasn't correct.
1: Where did it fall down? What was the issue?
0: fell down. The DM setters didn't have access to the CRM to know who no-showed.
1: Right. So, they <laughs> so unless someone actually said to them. them. Right. Yeah.
0: So like, and they were doing all their reporting, all their dash like all they were doing, they were doing the right thing. They just didn't have access to some of the information. So unless it was a self-reported, it also didn't say the cancellations and the reschedules. Yeah. Okay. So like, then I'm left with the assumption that from 100 calls booked, 94 of them show up. Yeah. Yeah, so I think
1: that's where I wanted to take this is that I think, of course, in business and everything in life, there's people who will crunch the numbers in a particular way to make it look some, like something it's not. Yeah. A- and they might be that doing that. That wasn't intentional.
0: They thought they were doing the right thing.
1: It might be malicious in some instances. It might be quite innocent in yeah. others because well, they had don't understand how to put it. They
0: cancel calls because they wanted to artificially increase their, show, their close rate. Yeah, so right. people who they oh, didn't okay. sell, they would say cancelled.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's that's being a turd, right? Yeah, like that's... that's Dirtbag
0: ops. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But I think what's super interesting is those misleading metrics in the same way that someone on Instagram thinks that I'm super interested in going to a David Goggins event. Yeah. Where you just don't know what you don't know. And I think that like those DM setters, they don't... they. For them, you can put them on the polygraph oh, and they're, they're going to be like, no, this is the- I had
0: eight people telling me up and down, this is correct. And I looked at all of them and I said, you're all wrong. Yeah. And I like- And could- it's 100% not their
1: fault. No, their fault. They're working off of the, the information that they have. Yeah. And they even fought for the information because they're asking, but unless they asked, unless yeah. people told them specifically, they couldn't know what, what yeah. was what. But
0: even like, like Marco was like, no, that's correct. I was like, dude, we've been in sales long enough, brother, to know that's not true. <laughs> I was like, I just I just don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm wrong. But like there's just no way. And it's like that because like the decision making from having that as the truth is very different. So like if I don't have the truth, every decision you make is wrong. Mm. So I got told by one of our guys that calendars are stacked in this one account. I was like, calendars are stacked. I was telling me he was like, yeah, man, everyone's cranking. Like, we need more reps on this account. I was like, all right. We also control the ad spend on that account, right? So I was like, all right, cool. No more ad spend. Like, don't increase. We got to add on board. So I go and onboard more reps. Don't increase ad spend. And all of a sudden, I go, I'm going to sell myself. This diary is not stacked. There's like one or two people that are totally full to the brim. Mm-hmm. The other guys, some of them are fucking starving out there. And I'm onboarding more reps and not increasing ad spend. So, like, because, like, I went two months of, like, yeah, okay, sweet. Like, this must all be getting done correctly. And now I'm, like, hmm, I wonder, like, if that's off, I wonder what else is off. And for me, it's always, like, a cascade. Yeah. Like, I'll get one thing that I go, well, if that's wrong, I wonder what else is. And then I always go on a tear for, like, a month where I just go through and find all these things. Like, when that when that uh, DMer in my profile went and, did that thing in that other guy's group, right? Mm. And I got banned from the group, or whatever. I wasn't giving a shit about that, but that DM was terrible. <laughs> I so, remember <laughs> you being like, you were
1: sort of rattled about it. And I was like, is that big a deal? you like, not that it happened. But now that I'm looking at the DMs, I'm like, these aren't good DMs. Yeah. That is
0: you know uncovered by the yeah. mistake. Thank God the mistake happened. Because <laughs> I can go, oh, that's terrible like that i wonder if they're putting those people in my profile what are they putting other people's Uh you know so i get to fix that problem you know and so and it's the same thing with all this data that we get it's like you have to look at things with a really skeptical eye because like people i don't think many people will give you misleading data on purpose Mm. but it's like you really have to have a look at things with like a common sense meter to go like I just don't think you can do anything with 94% efficiency. Yeah. Especially over a long period of time with many different people involved in different processes. Mm. It's just too high. It's too efficient. Yeah. You know? And, And so if that's wrong, what else is wrong? And so I started looking into it and I found a bunch of wrong shit.
1: So, you know, to put my psych hat on, it, it's a form of confirmation bias. When the numbers look good, yeah. you, you're like, oh, well,
0: wonderful. if there's money and the numbers look good, then people just kind of like let it go. But those inefficiencies, they just skyrocket at scale. Mm. And so it's like, if we're over here and this business is doing, you know, 15 million a year at 40, that's, I mean, fuck the inefficiency is borderline impossible to fix at that point. Mm-hmm. If you can't fix it with a sales team at 10, good luck with the sales team at 30. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, I don't know, man, the more that I like look into stuff and I was real frustrated because I've been looking at data nonstop for like the past two weeks and I've been looking at like, for example, like you can tell the pass through rate from triage to sales call is very telling about an account Okay. because if it's really low, then you, you have a couple of options. One, the leads are of a low quality, Right. They're low quality. They're just like not aware, whatever. But you only just listen to a few calls and you can figure that out. Or like they're being really harsh on who they let through. Okay. Right? Or it's a combination of both. Like, or you have so many calls coming through that you have to be lower in order to, to just to fill the diary so they don't get booked out six days in advance. So there are all those things that could be happening. And so if I see that it's low, then I have to then, I can't assume any of those things are true. Mm. So then I have to go and listen to like 10 different calls from all different people, from all the different lead sources, and then I can go, ah, shit, that's a scripting problem. Okay. Like, or I can go, ah, those leads are shit, (laughs) right? And then I-
1: How would you assess that it's a scripting problem? Because you, like, you hear people get lost on the call or like, what what is
0: it that you will go, ah, got it? Well, like, when you were managing diggers, like, how many of them would just went rogue and dig things their own way? good for you yeah good. yeah <laughs> right so it's the same thing right um these guys just think they know better okay so so it's not a an issue of the script
1: you mean that they're people not are doing it off the script yeah so okay.
0: they they're like trying to find a more efficient or better way to do it but they're not doing that they're just finding a more pleasant conversation to have okay
1: mm, right that's interesting
0: yeah so it's like oh yeah, this is a, a flag in that yeah and then Or they're trying to help the next guy too much. But that guy's job is is like to be good at his job. Uh He doesn't need your help. Yeah, yeah. Right? So like I had listened to one the other day, and the guy's basically like, hey, so what kind of money do you have to invest in something like this? I was like, we don't ask that on triage. Right. And then he's like, how much do you have in your checking account? How much do you have in your savings account? I was like, what the fuck is happening? I was like, that will cause no-shows. Because now, what, what? because you're making someone uncomfortable. Yeah. There are ways to ask how much money someone has to do things. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say, hey, listen, if there was a possibility that what we do might actually help you get to X, Y, Z, like, would you be able to, would you be in a position to have the resources available to actually put into something like this? Mm-hmm. Like, you can ask that question. You know what I mean? Like, and that's fine. That's the, it's the way you ask it, which makes a big difference. Asking someone how much money they have is a fucking. and No one, like, that's such a weird fuck question. Fuck you, how much money do you have? Because <laughs> yeah. if someone asks me that, I go, how much money do you have? Yeah. Like that, and then I just sit there and they go,
1: uh. And, and go, nobody's answering that truthfully. <laughs> you are know, like, you're crazy if you answer that truthfully, whether you have a lot or a little bit. If you, if you just go like to anyone at any stage and go like, is he, can we play poker but I'm going to put my cards on the on the facing yeah. up please. because I'm really
0: trying to decide if I sell you 8k or a 15k <laughs> package. Yeah. Can you just tell me how much money you have. Yeah. And listen like don't get me wrong there are parts of the script but not that script. But later on, where I can get that information. Yeah, and and but. But it's done in a very particular way, and it's not done by a nineteen-year-old that knows dick about sales. But you're not going to ask how much someone has
1: in their account. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, like I don't know shit about
1: sales. Yeah, but I even I wouldn't be like, yeah, tell me to the cent how many how <laughs> many dollars are in your account?
0: Yeah, which account? Listen, there is a way to get that info, but it's it's it, again, it's a very particular conversation that has to be stacked in a way where that information comes out effortlessly. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but it's not the job of the triage. It's not the job of the discovery call, like the pre-qualification call. So like, and you, you, I can see it, man. Like what I'll come in and do is I'll slap <laughs> these motherfuckers and tell them how to do things, mm-hmm. right? And I'll be like, I'll listen to every goddamn call. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, then from there they do it. The pass-through rates go through the roof. More sales are made. Close rates obviously drop because more people are being sent through. Sure, Everyone makes more money. And over time, what happens is those guys, they introduce more financial qualifiers mm-hmm. because they hear salespeople complaining about broke leads. Okay. Right? So they're like, "Well, I can help this. I will just, you know what I mean? Now, no, those guys aren't saying, don't send me the broke leads. They're just going, fuck, these guys are broke because mm-hmm. they are. And mm-hmm. that's fine, but that's their job, you know? So then it creeps up and then sales go to shit. And you gotta slap them again, and then it goes back up, and then it. So it's like that constant game, but but then it's like it makes it really difficult because like sometimes that's not what's happening. Mm. You know what I mean? And so it's like it's it's being able to look through and like not have a set of assumptions, but have like a common sense lens of like okay, like what are the stupidest things this could be? Like if if I have a really high no show rate to to one of the calls, I'll just assume that the, like the first thing I'll do is like, oh, well, the text should probably stop working. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's check that out. Oh, it wasn't that. All right, cool. Are they being over communicated or under communicated? Let's have a look at that. Uh, I'll try and fix really easy things first. Then from there, we will go, well, let's have a listen to some of the calls. Okay. Okay. Ah, those calls are shit. Or well, we have a look at the data. Let's erase each person one by one and see if it magically changes the numbers. You got 10 people. Take out number one. Okay. Now take out number two. Okay. Now take it number three. You know, so then you got one, two, four, five, six, nine, nine, 10. So then you can see, oh, that one person. You take him out, the sharp rate skyrockets back up to where it should be. Oh, okay, that person shit. Okay, right. So, like, and you have software that allows for no, all of that.
1: You have to do that manually.
0: Like, we have some software that allows for it. We have it all within CloseIO, but like, you'd have like you'd have to go in and get it. You'd have to know what to look for. Yeah. Well. Okay. Once I, once I say what I want, I can get access to it. You know what I mean? But I was really frustrated the other day, and I called up Spencer. And I was like – because I look at data in a very – I'm very good at seeing the data, and I'm very good at figuring out what's going right and wrong. I mean, that's what this is all built on,
1: right? Like yeah. the whole point, the whole – Sniper. It's not like we're fucking shooting people. the 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 point of the sniper brand is that snipers are data driven, and I guess a lot of people probably don't know that of sniping. They say they watch movies about snipers and they're they're crawling through mud and shit notebook. Yeah. But like there's a table. There is a table and you go, What's the temperature? Where's the wind coming from? What altitude are we at? What's the weight of my like in grains of my bullet? Yeah. yeah. What what's the angle that I'm shooting at? You plug that into a an equation and it says do this. It's
0: long enough, what direction am I shooting in? Yeah. 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 All
1: those kind of things. And then that's the maths data side skill. And then so it's then you like,
0: know how to dial it in and then you better be yeah, very steady shot. Then <laughs> that, the
1: actual physical skill comes in, but it's yeah. nerd work till, till, totally. till, till it's time to load the round in the chamber. It's nerd work. Yeah.
0: And so like sales is the same and so is marketing. And the people who are the best marketers are people who can look at data in its totality and go, that's the thing. Right, And that's a really hard thing to teach, mm. which is why there aren't that many really great marketers out there. Mm-hmm. And I can do that with sales. Okay. Like there's And there's not that many people around that can do it as good as me, as fucking arrogant as that sounds. and whatever. Destroy me in the comments. I really don't care. Stare but down the barrel of the camera and say, no, that one, that one. Destroy me in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but I can look at it. And I was really frustrated because I remember I had a bunch of our guys on the call the other day, and I was like, we had the data up, and I was like, who else sees it? everyone was like, oh, huh? like that. And I, no one. And I was like, okay, this is what's happening. And everyone was like, oh, <laughs> like that. And I was frustrated. So I called out Spencer and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Like, how do I teach? He's like, oh, he's like, bro, this is, it's this is not a you thing. He goes that, he goes, Spencer goes, this is a Spencer problem because I have to get the data in a way that makes sense to people. He's like, you read Sanskrit. Mm. You can't teach them. Right now everyone's looking at Sanskrit. And you're going, but I can read this and no one else can. Yeah. So we have to get it translated. And yeah. then you can then teach them how to read the English component. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that makes sense. So he's like, it's a me problem. And all that's being done at the moment. It's probably like six to eight weeks away from being totally done as a project and converting everything that we have into like readable dashboards. And then it's been a two and a half year project.
1: Okay, cool. So then when that's complete, is that something that's rolloutable? Like you you can then train the rest of the staff. It's being
0: baited at the moment in seventh level. Okay like that, Um, and we're working with, like, one external company and everything else has been done internally. And then, like, I've said what things we need to see. Mm -hmm. So because if we have all that and it's an easily readable function, then from there, people should start to see the patterns. Okay. And I can start to show them the patterns of how things work. Because even you got to think cyclically. Some accounts, everyone closes at the end of the month. Mm. You know? So you can't freak out and change stuff because the first two weeks were slow. Mm Mm-hmm just the way it is. So there's like patience and all kinds of weird things that time zones and like industries that react differently to different things. And like, you know, Sirhan, everyone closes in the last seven days. Okay. Everyone. (laughs) So you can have a really slow month. It's nothing. All of a sudden, Will just goes like that. Why? Because they will get their comms at the end of the month because they're real estate agents. Right. Okay. So they know what their comms are. They know it's coming in the next week or so. So they're happy to pay the money. Mm -hmm. You know? So like, that's why. It's the same reason why 7th level is stacked at the end of the month. Right. So it has good, but, like, the last week is probably 35% of the revenue. Right. Okay. You know? So, like, it's an outnumbered – it's an outweighed number uh, because of that exact reason. <laughs> you know? So there's just all kinds of weird shit. And, uh, like, no data set – by itself really tells you a very interesting story Mm -hmm. until you can start to kind of interplay them with each other. Yeah. The same way that you can look at a dog and go like, that's the problem. Yeah. Whereas other people go like, they're trying to solve this problem, this problem, this problem. But it's like, well, that's that type of dog though. Yeah. Like if it's a sharp A, it's not going to show you shit.
1: Yeah.
0: It's what they're bred for. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like,
1: I think that's, what's interesting about it. Like hearing you speak is, is looking at, When you look at the totality, it's very difficult to, of any metrics, it's very difficult to see like, oh, this is a linear process because it's so very uh, infrequently is. It's not until you start removing variables that then you can say, oh, what effect did that have? Well, now I know the real effect of that as a variable. And
0: you can only remove one.
1: Yeah, one at a time, right?
0: You remove two. I see so many people and I see so many businesses. Something goes wrong and they change seven things. I go, what if three of them made it worse and four of them made it better? Mm. Yeah. How, yeah what if changes. one of them made it really good and six of them had a negative effect and stayed the same? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's how are you supposed to know. But I think all that comes from shooting. Yeah. Because you really can't fuck around with that. Like, you need if you change anything, like, and it's because of that, oh, shit, mm-hmm. that's way off now. You know? You're not just going to, like, cr- you know, you're fucking off by this much and you just crank your fucking dial.
1: Yeah. What's you know, I reckon that's one of the most uh, powerful things that I learned in the Army is the subtension rule. Like the yeah. idea that subtension is the Army uses uh, milliradians, not degrees. So like the U.S. Army does. They yeah, use still they still use DMS, degrees, minutes, seconds. But we use milliradians, and there's 6,400 of them in a circle. And it's like, that's such a stupid number. And and, yeah. for, and, and when you're just thinking, because the Army makes of- you navigate <laughs> in... in in mills and yeah. it's so stupid and there's like 17.1 uh, mils in a degree and you're yeah. like, this math doesn't work out. Yeah. This is so stupid until you know that one Radian, like that angle – at one hundred meters is one centimeter, yep. and then, and then you go. Like, oh, this is genius. <laughs> now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I get it, right? And so then it's like, oh, it's actually it's ten centimeters at one hundred meters. But then it's like, oh, that sub tension's out, and so I now know the exact effect that that my minor change at a short distance will have at a long distance. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I should never try to move anything one meter. Yeah. I should just try and move it one mil. Yeah. And then that will move it, it one uh, meter at the long end. Yeah. When, I, when I understood that, I was like, oh, I get it. And then you yeah. sort of, you know, you're shooting you're at the range and then you get that template and you go, can apply this to so many places in my life yeah, yeah. And it's like then it you know that then feeds into that saying of like bad news never gets better with time right like because yeah. it's like interrupt it as soon as possible because it's just gonna keep separating further and further away from what was good news and
0: it's just it's why you started the source yeah you know like everyone's tell you man everyone sales guys here included luke badman came to me today he's like hey i'm having real troubles with like logistical money objections so he put the call to the part of the objection I was like, it's not going to tell me a thing, bro. Mm. This is going to tell me if you remember what I told you.
1: Yeah. I was like, no, how did you get to that How did you get there? Yeah.
0: That's what matters. So I go, we go back. He goes, go to the start of the call. I go, we got to watch the whole call, man. I can't give you feedback because what if you handled that objection perfectly, but you just shit the bed on the first 30 minutes yeah. and didn't have enough ammunition to where it was ever going to work because you can objection handle perfectly. But if you don't do the work beforehand, like it doesn't stack on top of each other. It doesn't, doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You have to get the problem. You have to extrapolate the problem. You have to nail in what kind of impacts the problem is having and then all this other stuff. Then you got to attach that to a solution. If You solve the problem. What's the solution? What would it be? Give me detail. Let's, let's kind of fan that out, see what it is. And then from there, it's like, what's the emotional? What's the tangible? Then Take that away with consequence. Then let's tie in the commitment to have that never be your reality. And mm. now let's present. Was your presentation done in a way that they saw that it solved their problem? Did you get a really good affirmation at the end of that, that this is the solution for them? Because if you didn't do those things, I don't care what you say on the back end, it's probably not going to work. Mm. Or if it does, you just bullied them into it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And that guy's never going to show you the money. <laughs> and that's what you want. <laughs> Him to stand up and yell, show me the money. Exactly. Especially that guy. <laughs>
1: All right. Hey, so let me ra- let me sort of summarize my understanding that misleading metrics as, as, you know, as equating to business, money, sales, that kind of stuff is that if the data is an inaccurate representation of what you're seeing on the ground, it's that you're misinterpreting the data. It's the data is correct, but you're just not reading it correctly. And you've maybe by accident or on purpose twisted that data to fit the narrative that you want it to, to fit. But the whole point of data, the whole point of maths is that it's the truth. So don't fuck with that shit because that is the truth. Just don't try and package it in a way that feels good. And if you can't understand why, you know, you've done your best, it's misleading even to you. If you can't understand why the data isn't matching reality, then start taking out one variable at a time and understanding, like, how did we get to this point? What effect does this have? And then understand the impact of that variable Mm -hmm. to the totality.
0: Yeah, just, you know, it's never nice to figure out that someone you like is the problem. <laughs> so, yeah, on that note. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, well, it's, it's the truth, man. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, people will, they'll circle that drain for a long time before they go, oh, I think it's this guy. Mm-hmm. And that's the guy I like the most. Mm. It's like, sorry. It is what it is. Exactly. You know, and. The hard thing is as well, I think especially in like uh, in sales because it's commission only, is that people will let those people be the problem because like there's no direct wage. Mm. But like what they're not seeing is like the opportunity cost of having someone subpar. You know, I had a guy reach out to me. Literally, I'll fucking read you this word for word.
1: While you do that, that's probably, uh, if you guys are interested and you're watching this far while you're looking that up, that's probably an interesting topic for a podcast is man management of uh, underperformance. Yeah. Um, because that's something that, you know, I, I have a lot of experience with from in the army. Remember the old saying, but he's a good guy? Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> it's guy. like good guys get people killed, right? Exactly. So it's like, how do you then, but the good news is with the good guys, they take good feedback because that's what makes them a good guy, right? Yeah. And so if they are the people that you like and they're underperforming, it's so much easier to retrain someone like that because you have the relationship and the bond, and you say, "Hey, man, like I know you want to be successful. Let me let me help you achieve that."
0: Absolutely. So this guy said, "Hey, Matt, how are you doing? How can I be a part of your team? I'm willing to take any sales calls with you or anyone else to show you my, that I can that I want sales skills." Essentially, and I said, "Hey, bro, sorry, I'm not really willing to spend other people's marketing budget on teaching you how to sell." Mm. Wow, it's like I'm just not. You think commission only is a free gig. It's not. It's not, bro. It's like you're just not getting paid directly, but they're paying to send people to you so you can make money. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're converting low, you're being paid an awful lot. Mm. And like that's how I think of it. And so because I've paid for leads myself. yeah, i paid for my own leads. If you pay for leads, you treat them differently. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. And so people think it's like, oh, it's comms only, but it's like – yeah, but it costs a ton of money to put you in a position to where you can even do your job. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. So here's what it is. All, all right, on. let's go. If you guys like this kind of content, make sure you like, subscribe, hit notification, bell, all that kind of good stuff. Let us know in the comments down below if you guys like this sort of stuff, if you want to hear more about it. Uh, Pat watches, you know, all the comments. i will read them all. He is. Um, and uh, yeah, we will do our best to, you know, help you along the way. See ya. Bye. Put that coffee
1: down. Coffee's for closers only.